this is what I find so interesting is uh, I had this thought I put on Twitter last night about how I've just heard a lot of people on calls talking about how they've grown in their position and this feeling of self-doubt or, and I'm like, is this just a millennial? Like, <laughs> gen, like what is with all these people not feeling confident when they've done their job for a long time or hmm. definitely know what they're talking okay. about? Like and an imposter like, well, syndrome, I think it's a buzzword. Yeah. I blame Reddit for that word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I obviously had that. There were two experiences that I had and I, one is, is the one that I posted on LinkedIn today and on Twitter last night was that when I worked for Heartland, I started there when I was 27. By 32, I was running the company with 85 employees and $125 million in revenue. I'm in charge of it all. But up until that point, every time the email would stop working or the internet got really slow, I'm like, they fired me and I just don't know. <laughs> yep. And so I thought to myself, well, this is a tweet that I did because I wanted, I, I, I love Twitter because it's less people pay attention to me there so far. And so I can just, I've, I'm more open and, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, but it's just a little tweet. And so if I'm going to put it on LinkedIn, I don't know, like again, self-doubt, maybe the theme of the episode, like yeah. that's just not enough to make a LinkedIn post. Like why would anyone find, so I pasted in chat GPT four, the newest version. And I say, Hey, rewrite for use as a LinkedIn post. Cause I had already written it. Right. Just, mm-hmm. and I said, use emojis and hashtags where appropriate. And honestly, what it made was garbage. It yeah, the same dramatized and mm-hmm. like hokey uses of emojis. And this is the <laughs> hashtag, latest and greatest. Hashtag embrace the journey. <laughs> right. That's not writing that. Yes. Um, so I, I, I just keep coming back to this is a great uh, grammar editor. I love having it create outlines of topics for me. Yes. Yeah. So I'll just mm-hmm. I'll stream of consciousness write everything I can think of on a subject that's in my mind. And I'll say, give me a, a five paragraph outline, putting all this stuff in, a, in something that makes sense, or give me 15 variations of this idea to see if something sparks. But I, I really don't like using it. Even when you, when you give it a, a lot of prompting and, and guidance, I, mm-hmm. I don't love it for just complete, like giving it control. Yeah. yeah. I know. I did think, I was like, this is brilliant. I'm going to take this thing I wrote. I'm going to stick it in and it's going to help me do some like workbook questions and all that. And it did not, it did not give me what I wanted. So that's why I was wondering from you if, if the version four would be better at that, but you're saying maybe not. (laughs) It is better, but it's almost trying to be better. And that's the the word that gets used a lot now is that the system, these AI systems seem to hallucinate. I mean, they're, they're hesitant to say they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so they make stuff up that sounds good or, and I think it's almost like GPT-4 if you're, maybe that's the problem is what I'm trying to say. I was only giving it three sentences to rewrite and it just assumed I must've meant like longer, more detailed. Right. So or no, maybe you just, needed to, maybe it's the prompting. It's really like, we're let me try one more to, time right here, uh, right here live, like, which is my terrible. Thinking, I don't podcast. know if you could do this is I wonder if it could reference like rewrite this tweet in a style similar to this or like use well, I want this it to only be my style. Right. But yeah, I mean, you, you could, I'm actually just curious if I like, say that post was like a corny Instagram post and more concise yet impactful. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. give that a shot. Yeah. It's yeah. We're almost learning how to use like a search engine just like that, but we're, it's not a search engine, but there we go. 
see. No, it's not. I mean, it's not. So sorry. It's the same as last time. It's still hokey-ish and doesn't sound at all like maybe. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, this is the the cold open of the show. Everyone, welcome. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. I did put in a data protection addendum agreement that one of the builders that we're going to start working with asked us to review and sign. Sounds like fun. Not a typical thing that that we would do. And I looked through it. It seemed very common to what I've seen in in the past, though, with some other organizations. But I thought, you know what? I just spent 10 minutes reading through this six-page document. I'm going to paste it in ChatGPT and just ask it. I said, please review the seven pages below and highlight anything that stands out as uncommon or in error in this document. And it gave me three things to look at that were all correct the things that should be reviewed or, or were maybe less standard so that again we're going to talk a lot about it in the actual episode mm-hmm. the stuff is all still great but the more you use it the more you realize where it's appropriate and where it isn't kind of like my son hayden uh, he just reinstalled GarageBand on his ipad cool very cool it is cool except for he just in his mind he has created 15 one-of-a-kind songs in the span of like 20 minutes. No self-doubt. I like And he's it. like, dad, look what I did. I'm watching. And it's got like 15 different instruments and their songs are three minutes long. And I'm like, well, where did this rift come from? Or how about this drum beat? And obviously, I don't know how it works, but he's just dragging and dropping stuff in. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like all in the same rhythm or automating. There's something else going on there. And I'm like, this is how I feel like some people are trying to use the AI too. Mm-hmm. It's like, look what I did. I just did all this stuff. Oh, gotcha. They almost need like a... Like you want to tell him like, hey, here's a classic song that's 40 years old. It has stood the test of time. Like it's 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 a good song. Just follow the flow of this and then see what you could come up with. Yeah. Like have an intro, have the verse, have the chorus bridge, whatever. And you're like, oh, cool. That's yeah, kind of what one, we need this right? recipe with chat, like GPT. I just did. We'll see if you guys catch me or not. But it, I put an article in that we're talking about. Tell me the three most important things in this article. I have not looked at it. We'll see if it makes any sense or not. Be, yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I like this the, game. The self-doubt thing is interesting. I don't know if we actually want to talk about that or not. But I think it comes from this confidence or mis, not even mistrust, but like you don't trust your leader, leadership that they won't fire you for something. Like you don't know what you as that person, if you have self-doubt. So I think this could be for the, I guess, I guess it's more directed leadership, but they think what they did, that mistake is a fireable offense. Or mistake, like oh no, I did yeah, that. I, so they haven't been reinforced. So like, yeah, if you don't, if you no, don't have you, a, you are a great person manager, or whatever, right? Yeah, they don't sa- feel a safe. safe leader. But I don't. I think I think that's the like I I never really made big mistakes or or like things that made me worried about getting fired. It was just this general sense of like I don't know. Like I remember yeah. the other. So the one was like when that thing didn't work. The other was we were at a company retreat. It's a super nice resort and everyone's all the managers are swimming in the pool and just like hanging out around the pool. And I said something about like finally starting to relax about not getting fired every, every week. And the company president started laughing and his, his brother was a CFO and he's like, Hey Brian, did you hear what he just said? And he's like, well, he's like, Oakley has been worried about getting fired. And he's like, Oakley. Holy beep. Like we've just been worried about Oakley's not getting paid enough. He's probably going to leave. Like, and so it's, <laughs> like it's just, yeah, you just didn't, 
you didn't know they felt that way about you. Like it's as a far motor- as like no, I did. I, that's not. Oh, you I, did? Okay. I, yeah, because my office is right next to the president. He would always like hang out with me. Uh, he'd take me to lunch. He introduced me to people that I shouldn't have known in terms of the developer like, I think world. I liked you a little bit. Things yeah. like that. Uh, I mean, he just would walk by and be like, "I've got you a new iPad." Like when iPads first came out, he's like, "I got you an assistant, Kevin. Here you go." Like su- super nice. It was just a sense of I can be better. I know I can. Interesting. So yeah, and and I, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. and sometimes it's um, it comes from it's a good thing. Like I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> to it might be a good thing instead of the opposite of having like a toxic boss who you don't know why you're going to get fired. It's like me being here. I'm always super smart, high level people who are working at a high level. So it's me just wanting to do my best to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So also, yeah. you're in a great work environment. So you're now in this position talking to other super smart, capable mm-hmm. people. I mean, if you work at a crappy place where everybody's an idiot, you're like, they're not going to get rid of me because this place can't run without I'm me. Genius, yeah. But yeah. yeah, if you're a place where everybody's running at a real high level, you just want to, you know, you want to be up there with them. So you're always worried. Yeah. Am I, am I keeping up? Like everyone's um, an A, awesome. I just made a B or a C mistake, which isn't mm-hmm. like, it's like, that's no big deal. Like yeah. we all do something. I think hmm, I like the challenge here from you, Andrew, of like, what was that more about? Because it probably was more about how closely I connected my role to sales results. Okay. Which a lot of times we have, we see unhealthy disconnection. It's like, what, how are you doing with sales this month? I don't know. What's your sales goal? I don't know. How many appointments did you have? I have no idea. (laughs) What do you mean? I should know that. Yeah. When we first start working with people, there's an unhealthy disconnect there. And maybe I was on the borderline unhealthy connection point of, even though marketing was doing its part of the job, if we didn't have a good month of sales, you're just like, oh man, like. Maybe, oh, this is my guess. And maybe your brain, just your philosophy, not on life, but you're like, I am this cog in the machine. I am a broken cog now because I didn't perform. Why would I not be replaced? Because I would replace that cog. Like you're not saying you're you're dispensable and not valued, but like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Like why I shouldn't be here. Like this is like, no, like I would not find fault in that person for letting me go because I was, I did not perform. Right. Correctly. Like I'm, yeah, I'm at the end of day, on the team. It, it I didn't is, throw the ball. Like it is about performance. And that's right. where I'm saying maybe the unhealthy part is I was overly attaching myself as a younger right. manager in the company to clearly there were three regional sales managers and 24 or whatever salespeople who were responsible for selling <laughs> Before yeah. I was promoted to the VP of sales and marketing, I was just in marketing, but I would still be like, oh my gosh. And and also it could be that the great financial crisis was also happening and builders all over the country were just shutting down. And so I didn't know Probably all the details know. about the financials. And it's kind of like, I mean, we're all kind of paid well and we're building fancy homes and things seem to be okay, but then I have no idea That's what's true. going on too. Maybe it was, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I was still feel that too. way. Like, like, I don't, I don't feel like an imposter anymore. I'm going to fire myself. But I still <laughs> feel like, you know, and I think that's, that's the healthy part. So I talked about maybe the part of it's unhealthy. The part that's healthy is everyone is replaceable and you are only in your career or if you want to get really icky, like your personal brand you're building a defense mechanism up for the mistakes that inevitably will be made. Everyone makes And I think that's the other thing is just this sense of like, I haven't 
made a big screw up in a while, it's coming. <laughs> I could I could see that. Or like we're getting really transparent. I just put a video up in DYC All Access only uh-huh. for Market Proof Academy people uh-huh. for next week. That's the audience. So it's like, you know, 15, 16 people. Yeah. It's it's full. But I'm still like, ooh, I've never done like a selfie video for this type of thing. Post it in here. It's much more casual. I'm in a t-shirt. You, you see me on the, but it's a market proof t-shirt. Yeah. I have my dog in the lap, in my lap. I'm like, oh, I want people oh, to watch wow. it. This will be interesting. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm outside on the patio in Florida, like palm trees behind me. I'm like, whatever, this is, this is the point. Like we're only stuck with each other for four days. Let's get comfortable. Uh-huh. And that was my thinking. But I'm like, I don't know what Kevin thinks about this. Like, it's not like super professional. It's not unprofessional. It's not me like, hey, what's up? I'm like, just waiting for people to hop on live, like pretending to yeah. be an influencer. But that still is like, oh. Okay. I thought it was, I'm like, cool. I'm just gonna make this video real quick. I'm meaning yeah. to do it. There we go. Yeah. Um, but it still is something to think about as far as like, oh, what would be Kevin's perception? What would be Mike's perception on this? And you're probably like, it really doesn't matter. I don't care. And that's really yeah. probably the truth as far as like, huh. like cool. I, I feel like I'm becoming old enough that I it. don't care anymore about perception and to it, to a degree, obviously, like I, I, I want to be presentable. I have a ridiculous amount of money invested in my office setup and my lights and my camera and my don't microphone. So I can't, I can't say like, I don't care <laughs> at all, but, but the reach and audience on that is crucial compared to this, my little, you know, this thing at 12 views or something. Uh-huh. And like, there's no decision-making from that versus like, I, I see the justification at every dollar yeah. you spent. To, to loop end. it all the way back around the, to the builders that started this whole thing. Cause usually what I'm writing about, is related to things that are being spoken and I'm list, just listening for echoes and feel like I, I need to contribute somehow to the conversation in, in 90% of the cases where someone is like, I feel like I don't know enough. Or I'm not good enough. They're all, they all are. So again, it's just like refocusing back to the unhealthy part of maybe they need to do the same journey. We just did live on this recording. Live. Come on. What does good. that mean? Because, you know, 75% of the time right now we get on a call and, and when we get the sales update, uh, when we don't have access to the numbers directly, like, oh yeah, we are, you know, we sold 55 on a sales goal of 30 this month. And we're like, great. And then the next sentence is like, I just feel like I'm missing something or I could be, and I'm like, well, good for you for not directly connecting outcome to skill and, and attitude and all the rest. But also like you're, you're doing good. Yeah. You're doing good. Yeah. 54 times. 500k 400k like you help support a lot of revenue and payroll and like good but like you like you said too julie i think it's probably better to be in that state than being overconfident yeah Yeah. healthy dose of fear (laughs) we're all driven by something yeah there you go okay well let's just um call it call it day we're we're going all right yeah story time isn't that what we just kind of We'll see. Yeah. Andrew, what do you got? Ooh. So yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, but last week I was on a cruise. I'm learning that there's cruise people and there's not cruise people. That's for sure. I'm down in Florida, so I could drive to pretty much any port, be on any boat. So we save tons of you know air travel costs. But the internet packages, we went with Royal Caribbean on a seven night cruise, all five of us. So in a spring break, so a premium, but the internet packages, $30 per day per device. And then you get a slight discount if you add more than one device, but a family, you know, former wife and I, it was going to be like $54 per day. 
kind of expensive times seven. If you yeah. want seven, you could buy per day, all that stuff. But it got me thinking like there's no one for the most part. I did not see many people at all either live or posting stories or anything like that. You could see them taking pictures where it's like, that's obviously a picture, but like you could, at least I could tell if someone's like doing something for a story. Like it's just different types of content. And it had me thinking like everyone, there's not that many choices when you go to book a cruise. And a lot of it's, it's just like buying a house. When am I going? Where do I want to go? Like there's things outside of brand, but for the most part, you have a couple choices, but I'm like, okay, how many like impressionable impressions are they missing out on or just like reach they're missing out on like i didn't post a single story really about the cruise but the content that was posted was from Lindsay, my wife just kind of like a wrap-up post like yeah that was at the end because i actually at the very I, end yeah there was like i don't know four days went by and there was nothing from you There's at nothing. all like Which, anywhere usually i do something like, i wonder if something terrible because something you were going with, the world you were going like with with wrong. extended family like in-laws or somebody i was like yeah, maybe yeah Lindsay's parents. down yeah, they almost didn't like go. Girls. That was a whole other story. Like, you know, they got sick before, <laughs> like all that stuff. But like, you're like one night, like I'm just thinking there's all these moments like I would have shared that aren't worth taking a picture and sharing after the fact, which is I think where people really like stories because it's like raw, authentic. Like one night, like the seas were really rough. And at dinner, like you're on a lower on a lower deck. And for the people on a cruise, like you feel like the waves are like right in your face. And then we were on the largest ship that um, Royal has. And so like, if the waves were huge on this big thing, like they're, they're pretty big. So yeah. I'm like, this would be amazing story and terrifying for some people, uh, but just interesting content or like the food, like people don't mm -hmm. like, here's the, everything I ate, but in a story they would post like what they eat or just walking through like the different, the different decks. But, but from a marketing perspective, yeah, we talked, I think I we talked, talked yeah. about this and my theory, and maybe it's true. Maybe it's not that they don't want people posting all those things because they like a very, um, they like to curate what people see, not the big crowds at the pool, not what the right. buffet actually looks like after it's all picked mm. over. So this is just my random theory, but I think maybe they do it on purpose. So the question is, should a cruise line or say, or maybe certain cruise lengths over X amount of days, just include Wi-Fi, And that could then be just like massive amount of marketing that they're missing out on. And so I was, that was a question yeah. I was kind of asking internally. And I'm like, okay. Or why wouldn't and, they want to include Wi-Fi and give you, maybe they do this. I've never been on a cruise, uh, like magic bands, like at Disney mm -hmm. and have more pre-built shareable experiences or moments. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, you posted and... the thing of you surfing on that thing mm -hmm. and obviously someone else in your family recorded that, but why is there not for free just a, you know, you put your arm up, ding, and then you go get on the board and it's filming the whole thing. And then it sends it to you yeah. in a shareable story format that auto tracks your face on the board. And maybe could they set up the cameras that then could then track you perfect. And it's like at an angle that's going to get mm -hmm. wet, but they have like a, a camera mount essentially like, yeah, because they have everything. And as far as like, uh, Julie, to your point, <laughs> like you could almost highlight like how clean the buffets are not to, that was an answer to your question, but like, that you could just, you can't even get food without someone trying to wipe stuff around. You should clean it up. I've um, never been on a cruise. So, so for I the most know, part, see. like there, anything to share that's going to, and I'm thinking like, okay, anything to share that's negative, well, it's going to get shared at some point. Like if the waves are awful and tables are sliding yeah. back and forth, which would be awful. <laughs> Julia. Like it's going to happen, right? Right. I don't know. But the revenue. I, I think, I think to, to even right here though, Andrew, like Julie doesn't sound like she's a cruise person. No. I'm not a cruise person unless I get no. my own acre. 
Like if I get my own acre on the boat, then I'll, then I'm in. So the fear that Julie's describing they have is an irrational one because (laughs) the likelihood is, is there's no COVID. I don't, I don't feel like I need to see more content to convince me not to go on a cruise because I just don't like a lot of people around me all the time, Mm -hmm. but the there's more upside to convincing Kevin to give it a shot. If I would have seen the peak family having a great time. Yeah. That's, or like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's what 10 AM on the deck looks like. That's actually not as terrible right. as I thought. Or the, or the preconceived notion that there's maybe you know, drunk people everywhere isn't, isn't true. I don't you know. Or like, Oh, it's the Walmart of the seas. Some people might think about, but then there's, I mean, there's to be different boats, different. Yeah. Yeah. Three day night cruises when it's a hundred dollars to go. Like, of course that's a different crowd than yeah. seven nights. The circus circus have their own boat. That's it's almost say carnival, but um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm like, well, I try to find. I looked up all their um, their investor relations site to see if they have the internet like broken down as a revenue source. I could not find it to hmm. see like, oh, is this a half? Is this a five hundred million dollar question? I wanted to know. I'm like, how much are they making? <laughs> what are they paying Starlink? Well, I think we're in agreement that they should give it away for yeah. free. They could. Tr- I mean, even it. if they even if they just made you pit like added on a fee for the week that was just thirty dollars number yeah 30 bucks a week right everyone like, would do it yeah sign up now maybe more could, people would die falling up maybe it's a like a like you know you're trying to take oh, too many selfies TikTok. and walking around and crashing into everyone it's like a safety issue they need to but otherwise They're, i agree they should they should do more of it yeah i agree cool. so that's my story we had a great time julie, julie? oh builder related we were on a call yesterday Uh, with a builder, Kevin and I, and this was a builder that was like, quick move-ins, quick move-ins, push our quick move-ins. And then we met with him this week and he was like, "Never mind, we oversold quick move-ins. Now we only need to focus on to be built. (laughs) So, (laughs) and we too have been saying, you know, you need to relearn how to market individual homes, but you also need to have your eyes on the horizon for, you can't completely ignore those communities that have no quick move-in homes you have to know that that could be coming if you're selling through those. So I feel like in home building, a lot of time we have these pendulums that swing very dramatically. Um, and I feel like maybe the pendulum is swinging too much one way. So just mm-hmm. keep an eye out on it. Have your eyes on it. Listen to talk to leadership and you know what's out there. Um, and don't forget that you also need content for people who are going to build. And Kevin actually talked about, had a great idea on content about talking about that it doesn't take as long to build right now if if that's the situation you're in. That yeah, if you, if you have a win there, take things. it. Mm-hmm. And remember that if you buy a used home in most cases, it's going to be 60 to 90 days before you can move in. And pre-pandemic or maybe, maybe not, like I've certainly, the three builders that I've worked with, two of the three would have said like our whole build time after we get the permit is 120 to 150 days. So again, that there's that, if people are staying on their homes for 12 years on average and you only have to wait, yeah. you know, an extra three months to get what you want, isn't that worth it? And it's new and it has a warranty and it, we're also buying down the interest rate on like, that's why new construction is continuing to perform better than I think we would have guessed at the, at the end of last year is that it's, it's a great opportunity, but, um, for those of you who aren't as much on the business side of housing, here's the other thing, which he did mention on our call, uh, Julie, was we don't want to start more spec homes because of risk. So we need these pre-sales to happen basically in the next 30 days because then that's our closings for the rest of the year. So you're 
depending on how fast your turnaround time is for your builder on construction, if you're, if you get caught by surprise of like, where did this come from? That's the business reason for it is someone's looking at the sheet saying, oh my gosh, we only have five closings for December and I want to have 20 every month, which means I need to sell 15 pre-sales or choose to start 15 unsold homes that could end up costing me money if the, if the market changes. And so that's why there's all this focus on pre-sale activity. Do y'all think it's a terrible idea to have the bill time on the website? Like, like Amazon, like, that's why Amazon to me is Amazon because mm -hmm. when you will get it, it's on the site. What do we think about that? Having it on the site now, it, will it be accurate? No. Will it be perfect? No. You know what? Will they ask that question anyways? Right. And someone's going to answer it and you can't control that message. <laughs> yes. So the question's not going away. There's so many people screaming right now. <laughs> Probably video. like you want the impossible. What's that? Impossible. Uh, there's some film. Uh -huh. uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, yeah. I think it's, that's what Luke says to Yoda. When he can't lift up the X-Wing, he's like, you want the impossible. And he's like, I need to rewatch Star Wars now. Yeah, go <laughs> watch. I'll do it, Yoda. But so I think the short answer is yes. This The when longer answer is it's always going to be wrong. Yeah. Is but it always also, wrong anyways, though? Like you're asking well, the salesperson, when should we close? Well, hey, well, can we call you the queen of content, Julie? Are we allowed, do we have to wait until your book comes out? Or like... <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to turn down I mean, being okay. called the queen of building almost anything. certainty, 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 <laughs> that word, the Sultan so of certainty. Strong. I don't know. Whatever we call <laughs> you. Um, Aladdin. What do you think? This was in regards to like, we need to, we need to sell more pre-sales builds to be built. As a person who worked for a builder for 15 years, I'm saying exactly what they're screaming. It's impossible. It's never going to. We have to drag information out of the production yeah. side, and then they finally give us the answer we want, and then it's wrong. And then we and find out their screaming, answer is a lie, yeah. Screaming mm -hmm. at us. So as that person who worked there, as a content person, absolutely, that's an awesome thing to yeah. talk about, and I love it. This is, um, so the great. It. Yeah. It's a great idea, okay. but I've also been there that I'd be like, Rah, it would never work because... Um, this might be our first yeah. episode in a while where we get to no news, but I love it. That's good. So I, I think it's a bad idea, Andrew, love it. but a okay, great good. idea at the same time. Perfect. There we go. Those are fun. Because I don't think you have to say specific length of days. Why would you not be able to just say, this house is faster, this house is medium, and this house is going to take a while? Yeah, that works. And just you could, you could tie Something. that on the back end to square footage. Or complexity of the build, which builders know complexity scores generally. That's how they choose how they're going to slot schedules of what homes start when. Okay. So you could still give a metric that doesn't really mean anything, but communicates if if speed is important to you, this home is a more efficient build. That would be one option I think you could do. The second option that I think you could do is just talk about the the average time to begin construction in that municipality because that is a one it's not going to be your fault as long as you're doing your part it's the municipality's fault if you don't hit it so it's not like hey the framer who we've talked about this all the time andrew the framer is his own company but the builder doesn't get to say that because that's right. not how they represent it really it's like we're building you the home it's not we're subcontracting it's out convenient when it's like oh you know that trade like we yeah um but you could say, hey, begin construction on the on your home as soon as 60 days 
if you know that the time range from when you submit plans to getting a permit back to be able to begin construction right. is typically 45 to 60 days, which doesn't get them all the way there, but it might get someone in the door saying like, okay, well, once we get started, how long does it take? And then you can give them the complex answer or the OSC can give them the more complex answer of, hey, we really don't know, typically five to eight months. While it's a big time frame, yeah, I know. <laughs> like you, you might have to go through that, but at least you yeah. get the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that'd be the other question. People would be like, well, would this actually lower our conversion rate, lower leads coming in? being too transparent i disagree with that but that's just me like well has anyone seen the aggregated data of website activity to conversions like we're get we don't have an issue with traffic it's just about conversions yeah i don't think you're going to make it much worse in some cases now that's not an indictment <laughs> that makes it sound it. like people are doing worse. bad things it's not it's it's just today's consumer is uh more cautious more concerned taking their time coming back you know, looking longer and builders are willing to spend whatever it takes to get an incremental traffic in the door. Yep. Um, so I, I, think, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. let's, let's go here. People hate it when I, I mean, half of the industry's minds explode when I talk about gating off content and that's why I'm going to stop using that term, but happened again. Uh, another mm-hmm. builder is like, Hey, we kind of did that thing you said where, we found a couple of things that are incrementally interesting or interactive that okay. are not, we don't believe the expectation of our customer that they must be able to see. So pricing's available, floor plans available, renderings available, elevations available, sometimes options, included features, all that stuff's available, but they find an interactive tool or a calculator or some other thing and they're requiring registration and they're unlocking multiple parts of their site with that single registration. And I sarcastically was like, and everyone hates it, right? And the response was, well, people hated it for the first two days because we forgot to program it so that it didn't ask you that every time you went to another page. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was but after that, no, everyone loves it. The online team loves it because their lead volume has doubled. And the customers love it because they're getting good information. And we are, I'm like, but you're not scheduling appointments from it, are you? These are just people who ask questions and go away. He's like, are you punking me, Kevin? No, like you see our reports. It's all great. I go, I know. I just want to hear like another human being telling me that I'm not crazy. Um, so they're, they're just going back to, yes, keep trying things related to, uh, how you're getting conversions and contacts again, contacts and leads different thing. But I think the, I think you could say like the overarching reason for the lower conversion rate outside of affordability is like the uncertainty, right? And that's why the mm-hmm. quick movements are flying off the shelf. Yeah. And so I think anything you could do to- The, the quick movements that are almost done are flying off the shelf. Right. The ones that are like, okay, I can close like, hey, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you could close by May 1st. Great. Lindsay, you wanna buy this? Yep, okay, we're down. So anything you do to create more certainty, not guaranteed, I think that's where people are like, oh, you wanna have a guaranteed date. That'd be That would be ridiculous to have. Cause that's going to change, you know, by the day and the week at the end for closing, but anything that leans towards more certainty over another builder, if they have to choose between you versus them, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a great idea. Again, I think we have to be aware of how consumer sentiment is constantly changing because if you would have told me that I was going to have to wait that one time I told you the story, like I had to wait an hour and a half or whatever for Taco Bell. 
Like, I'm, like you're you're out of your mind. That would never, ever, ever happen. And yet, you know, pandemic shut down the world, unshut down the world, bumpiness, everything's disheveled. Like I'm super upset about it, but I stayed there and I got my kids their Taco Bell that they really wanted. So, you know, in a normal environment, would, would you, if you put on your website, this home could be completed in as fast as five months. And then when someone came in, you had to explain to them that, well, contractually, we're going to write eight to nine months. And also if that doesn't happen, nothing bad happens on our end. It just, that's mm -hmm. how it happens. I feel like just like people are surprised that they're not getting more calls about upset customers when homes are decreased by a couple thousand dollars or there's a promotion. Like what I thought everyone, I thought every single one of my buyers was going to call and complain and they're not. It's like they're expecting the values to be rocky. They're right. just happy that the home that they've been watching be built for the last nine months is almost going to be done soon. Yep. And, they're and their just, mortgage is what it said. Like, cool, we're move good. On. Yeah. 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 Going on another tangent. Sorry, Love we keep it. going on tangent. Let's do it. I also think there aren't many builders doing a good job at getting people excited about making the selections in the build process. Like if you watch um, Beth's Instagram stories and right now she's going through the selections uh, yeah. process, that's fun for a lot of people. A lot of people love that. There's a few builders. Keystone does a pretty good job on their, um, I love their Instagram mm -hmm. that they do on selections and things. So there are some of you out there that are doing great, but um, there, I think there's a lot of opportunity there of getting people excited about designing like and the choosing and the yeah. all that. Most so. people never get that opportunity yeah. unless they build a new home. And I said Keystone's doing a pretty good job. Y'all are doing an awesome job. Y'all are doing an amazing <laughs> job. Yeah, I don't <laughs> keep working hard. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, there there are people and you can watch the marketer trying to adjust to what the operations or ownership has said we're going to do. So you see a lot of people trying to just highlight the selections that have been made, which is good too. But that, to your point, Julie, is very different than saying mm -hmm. you could come here and pick stuff, which a lot of yep. builders still are resisting, saying, no, mm -hmm. we don't want to get there, or no, yeah. our design studio is still closed, don't ask about it, uh, or you get these two choices. Uh, and again, a lot yeah. of builders just saying we don't have base pricing and we don't do pre-sales. Yeah. So all that stuff's going to have to continue to be reviewed and, and unlocked um, if the market slows down again. And, and it will, without a doubt. I mean, every builder, pretty much, except for maybe Dr. Horton and LGI, uh, in two thousand seven, eight, and nine, became a custom builder to some degree. It's like, oh, yeah, we used to not add an extra outlet, and now you just, you know, you just want that wall to be a foot wide. Yeah, we could do that. We can mm -hmm. probably do that. Let's do it because you do what you need to do to get the sales. Yeah, very true. Um, my story time is just a preview of coming attractions, but you've probably already seen it by the time this episode's out, but I'm getting ready to head down to Guatemala. And that means an excuse to buy more gear. So I do this like every time we go to Guatemala, I'm like, is there a new 360 camera out? Is there a new GoPro? What are the things? I try to leave a lot of the equipment down there so they can get content on their own too. And um, I picked up a Pocket Go, which is like a okay. little... I mean, I don't know what to describe toys. it as. It's it's like a one and a half inch tall by half inch wide camera that has a magnet back to it. You can clip it onto your shirt. Okay. You can clip it onto a hat. So it's not a it's not like a spy cam. You can tell what it is. But going in the villages with some kids hate the idea, which I don't blame them, of being filmed or photographed. Uh, it can create 
like a separation between you and the people that you're trying to help. So I decided it'd be cool to to have this. It also comes with a little stand that is re-adhesive. So it's not sticky. It's like some type of rubbery grip stuff, but the camera That's is cool. so small and lightweight. You can just toss it on anything and it's like uh, it's like a security cam. You can move it around however you want to. Hmm. Um, so I'll be playing around with that. I got a new um, uh, DJI Osmo Pocket. I got an Osmo nice. Action. I got the new DJI mics. So... Bring we're, bringing, we're bringing some other families. No, I mean, I think I'm going to take the Mavic 3 Air or whatever I have with me to try to get some volcano shots. But there's two other families going down with us. They have teenage kids who are middle schoolers and high schoolers. So my plan is okay. also like I'm I'm getting way too much equipment. And then I'm, I'm hoping just be like, you all take whatever you want to play with and just capture yeah. a bunch of footage. And then we'll see That's what we get idea. at the end of it. So like five photographers. A, like, and this is going to circle back to career advice, I guess, which is the self-doubt thing. I view that as an investment because of what I do and how we do it. So it's not like it's part of what I do. And it's, and it's a great excuse to do that. I know Andrew, I mean, Julie, the buy once cry once, uh, theory, um, like if you, and I'm not saying this is the only measure at all, but if you look at what you're doing in your job and you would be hesitant to spend like 300 to $500 over the course of a year investing in something on your own that would make your job better or more productive and you're like kind of gritting your teeth of like, well, no, they, they should buy that. Like, like if that's a symbol that you might not be doing what you should be doing, like you don't like yeah. it. I, I agree. Someone's gonna email me and be like, "You're you're wrong. You should just or be too for you." But <laughs> yeah, well, I think you. I think what you're saying is like you should be that excited on your own merit to be like, "Oh, I really want that." Like that'd be so cool to have. Maybe not like, "Oh, it's Christmas morning," but like, yeah. And I'm yeah. not talking like thousands and thousands of dollars because no. that can be a different thing depending on on your own situation. But if you're someone thinking like, I've always wanted to have it, like, wouldn't it be so great if we just had a drone that we could use? You can get a really nice drone for 250 bucks. Yeah. Or so yeah, like, start, you don't, start cheap, which isn't buy one, cry once. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the DJI one that you don't need a, well, I won't get into like, yeah, the, the yeah, laws and stuff, but the, yeah. you mm -hmm. technically don't need it. Although if you're flying commercial, whatever. But like, that's, I think it's four, it's right under $500. Yeah. Or you could pick them up used on Facebook, even less than that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah I just think this, and again, I sound like an old man, but the idea of, um, it's the company's job to do X, Y, and Z. Yes, it is. But also, um, like if you want to make more or have more responsibility, initiative matters and results matter. And that was the other part of, of my career is my boss, um, after I'd been there for, I think four or five years, he talked about giving me a raise again. And I was like, I don't want to raise. And he was like, what do you mean? You don't want to, I go, I mean, I, I make good money. It wasn't crazy money at all. I mean, I've learned since then that people do, I, I would never have guessed people make what people make, but I was happy. And, and we were able to, you know, get a house and have two cars and be fairly comfortable. And I, and I told him, I go, Marty, I just feel like, again, unless my value increases the amount that you're paying me differently, 
I just feel like I'm at risk again of being fired. Like <laughs> someone, somebody's going to be like, what's this? Now, again, knowing the whole story of them being like, oh my gosh, we should pay him more. Maybe that's just stupid on my part. <laughs> but instead I, and I, and I always encourage people to do this. I was like, I mean, is there some other uh, bonus compensation based upon actual results? So that way, if the company has a bad year, I'm not like, because it does happen. I've been in those rooms as well, where they're like, this person makes this much and we've got to make a cut. That's an easy button. Like, we're not sure if we're getting that much value on it either. So yeah, just like, there's so much opportunity out there. There's a lack of great workers. You do great work. It'll, it'll all turn, turn out just fine and use that fear to motivate. That's the last thing. So I really do think being scared though helped me. This is so, uh, is it cathartic when you talk about your <laughs> yeah, own- therapeutic? We're having a therapy therapeutic session here. This is, good. this is good. The number of times, and my wife didn't like it and there is a sacrifice element to it, but the number of times that I stayed up or in Andrew's case, got up really early cause he doesn't stay up late. He yeah, gets up I, earlier. I'm an old man. But the point is your family doesn't miss you when they're asleep. That was one of the best pieces of advice I got. If you're under 30, your family doesn't miss you when they're asleep. And so I would stay up until two or three in the morning, uh, working on a project for the website or getting content organized for the team to be able to use. And it, and it was this sense of like, I'm just going to get it done. And it was partly based on fear, partly just on being, I'm not the person who's not going to hit the deadline of the whole crew. But again, I, I just, all that stuff wrapped together. I, I just think there's an amazing amount of talent out there. So use it as a trick, but also realize how good you really are. Cause almost everyone that we interact with is actually really good. They don't get yeah, And if you're practice. taking your, your yeah. time to listen to this podcast, you're invested in your career and trying to grow and trying to learn. So and that's right. Look at that. A hundred percent. And there's only like 450 of you in the world. <laughs> every week you do that. So like, again, that, that's opportunity. You, you're not trying to compete against 5,000 other people who are doing the same thing you are. I'm not saying we have complete reach of ev- all marketers everywhere, but that number has been pretty consistent, 450-ish uh, every single episode, which tells me that's about the audience of people who are paying attention. Um, Andrew, we've got a, a coaching call in nine minutes that we have to go to. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do, do we're, we'll skip current favorites. And for our podcast producers, I'm going to read the episode number at the end because that just seems fitting. Uh, Coke. So, so news, uh, Coke, Coca-Cola launches create real magic. It's an AI art contest utilizing GPT four and Dolly two. Dolly two is the visualization engine. And so basically, uh, if you had to summarize Julie, uh, how does this work? Yeah, this is really smart on what I thought is, is they're having a contest and getting creators to come and create something Coke inspired with their imaging and their branding using AI. So they made a little video that explains it better that you can go, you can type in. um, I think their example was like, show an astronaut reaching for a Coke bottle and that would um, come up in the AI. Hmm. So it's very shareable. It's um, tying in this current trend of talking about the AI and how, you know, how they're on the trend on the, I just, I think it's really smart and it's worth you going and watching the, um, the video they did that shows kind of what the, yeah, what the contest is. Is it a contest? And I think they win something, they get to go to some creators event 
I don't know, yeah. but even beyond that, that it's cool. just it's the tools good, that the cool PR. kids are using anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're right. gonna they're gonna want to promote it, so you're gonna get good reach, and you're gonna get some really creative stuff out of it for Coke to be able to use too, because ultimately their brand isn't in it. Like like you have to make sure the Coke bottle or the Coke name is yeah. part of what you're creating. I think it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, very smart. Agreed. So cue all of the builders uh, listening, starting their own uh, AI interior design contest. Chat uh, GPT or listing description of a fictitious property or something uh, like that. Very true. All right, one more. Um, yeah, let's go full AI here at the end. Then um, Adobe unveils Firefly. Yeah, that was the video for the thing. Um, uh, a family of new creative generative AI uh, tools built into Adobe products. And um, they also, I think, signed an agreement with Getty Images so that they're going to be able to use um, actual imagery with credit uh, as well to feed their their learning models. But the video, you want to go check out that uh, that link. I think we were all three of us were pretty impressed by what you're able to do. So, yeah. you know, you could mock up an illustrator, a pair of headphones, or in, in um, their 3D tool, which I forget the name of uh, at the moment. And then you can just say to the AI, put these headphones on a backpack in a photo. So then now you've got the imagery to put into the ad after you built the prototype in, in the tool as well. Um, just things that inherently for a creative are the things that we, we do, but just take a long time. Mm-hmm. You just type it in. And you just type it in. <laughs> make this. But you also can reference the stuff that it's, that's within Adobe. And the other thing that I think is really cool is that you'll basically be able to create a do not allow whatever is created to be remixed or reused by the learning model for other people. So again, what I keep talking about is this idea of copyright or fair use. Um, if you do some really cool work, you're going to be able to say, you know, don't don't let that be used to generate other people's work. Uh, yeah. derivative from. So I think that's really cool too. Yep. yep. Agreed. All right. We are out of time. So uh, welcome to episode 269. I'm Kevin Oakley. And with me today was the ad doctor and Julie Jarnigan. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peek, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.